Big Rap Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, providing everything you'd need to hit the circle or the big stage. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. How are you, folks? Hope you're keeping well out there in podcast land. <laughs> yeah, now, you might have guessed, uh, we are smack bang in the middle of the holidays now at this point. Um, so, yeah, all your usual Big Rab Show shenanigans are going to take a bit of a backseat now. Yeah, so we are on a bit of a break, actually, right now. So, thanks to the magic of radio, we have pre-recorded an episode for you. Yeah, where we managed to sit down with the legend that is Mr. Bob Worrell. Bob Worrell! Yep. <laughs> it's that time of year again, isn't it, folks? <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It's always a pleasure to sit down and have a good old yarn with Bob Worrell. Looking forward to this week's topic. So, right. But let's get through our introductions then, first of all, then, shall we? Well, if this is your first ever Big Rab Show podcast, then welcome. We are the show for the bagpiping folk, reflecting everything in the bagpiping world, be it Celtic music, folk music, or indeed our bread and butter, which is competitive piping and drumming. Each and every week we're here talking about what we know and love to be the music of the great Highland Bagpipe and its people. And yes, like every other podcast out there, yep, we do have a Patreon. So if you would like to help support us, then you can do. Go over there, click on support, and you will get your hands on loads of extra stuff. Now, I mean, there's a serious amount of extra stuff over there on Patreon. Probably way too much for me to list here on the pod. Uh, But trust me, go over there, check it out. Big Rab Show on Patreon, Uh, yeah, there's a wealth of great stuff back there. And you'll also be part of the Patreon faithful and would be immediately awesome. Indeed. Now, it's not compulsory, though. You don't have to. But, yeah, we just encourage you to go over there because there's a a wealth of great content back there for sure. All right. Well, as I said, this is a bit of a podcast of a difference. It has been pre-recorded. All of us on the Big Rab Show team are taking a well-deserved break over the course of the holidays. However, we did not want to leave you guys without a show this week. So, yeah, you guessed it. We've pre-recorded an episode for you, so here it is. Uh, but as a result, we do not have any listener mail. We don't have weekly drone, don't have word of the week. We don't have any of our usual stuff. Uh, but that will return, of course, in the new year. Uh, yeah, in 2024, we'll be bringing back all the usual features, plus some possibly some new ones as well. Hmm, that's all I'm going to say on that front. Uh, But, yeah, there will be some changes around here on the Big Rab Show podcast. So, uh, new season, new approach, I guess. Uh, But, yeah, so for those of you wanting to, you can do. You can email us in, as always. That Our email box never closes. BigRabShow at gmail.com. That address again, BigRabShow at gmail.com. So, yeah, did you enjoy last week's interview? Yeah, Kerr McQuillan, what an incredible young talent that fella is. And honestly, what a year he has had, (laughs) both with himself personally and with the band there, People's Ford, Boghall and Bathgate. Yeah, it was such a great opportunity to catch up with Kerr. And uh, yeah, some real insight, I guess, into how he tackled this past season, which I'm sure wasn't easy for him. Uh, But if you haven't listened to it yet, then do go back, have a listen to last week's episode, number 362. And uh, yeah, there's a wealth of great information there and a bit of insight into the man himself. And uh, yeah, I dare say we'll have a lot more great music to come from Kerr McQuillan and from all of the folks there at People's Ford, Boghall and Bathgate. Yeah, for sure. Now... Then we're about to get into this week's episode, aren't we? And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a tradition around here now that every time around this time of year, Christmas, uh, we do bring Bob Worrell on the show. I don't know why, but it just seems to be a bit of a happy accident that it happens every year. Uh, so, hey, we're about to get into it. But before we do, I have to wish my wife a very happy birthday. Happy birthday, wifey! Yeah, I just wanted to drop that into the pod this week. Um, so <laughs> today is her birthday. Uh, so yeah, not I don't know that anyone else out there have their birthday around the holidays. It's kind of a difficult time to have a birthday, you know. By by this stage, 
You've already had Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and then, uh, yeah, by this stage, you're kind of already sick of eating. You know, you don't really want to stuff any more turkey or that down your neck at this point. So, yeah, what do you do? You know, whenever you have a, a birthday during the holidays, I don't know, do, do you get a Chinese or a takeaway or, I don't know, the Thai food maybe? I don't know. Pizza? I don't, I don't know. Do we? I don't know. Push the boat out and get pineapple on our pizza? What? Uh-oh. Yeah, that that's a savage thing to do right there. Anyway, <clears throat> that's going to start a whole debate, isn't it? But, right, we're just in the tail end of the holidays at this point, and we're about to get into our huge topic of the week, talking to a bit of a legendary figure in the bagpiping world. And, uh, yeah, very keen to welcome him back to another Rab Show pod. So, yeah, we're going to take a brief break at this point before we get into the topic. So I guess it's time for me to go and get a big cup of tea. It's time. For the topic of the week. Do you wish piping could be fun again? Bagpipers around the world continue to struggle with their instrument, despite hours of hard work trying to get better. Bagpiping should be fulfilling. Your hard work should pay off. Showing improvement and the freedom to express yourself musically. Or why do it? The Dojo University believe every piper should be able to free themselves from musical frustration, proven over more than a decade of successful teaching and accessible anywhere with an internet connection. The Dojo is unlike any other bagpipe learning experience in the world. Let the Dojo channel your enthusiasm into a fun and fulfilling program that will empower you with the knowledge to fall in love with piping all over again. So go to dojouniversity.com forward slash bigrab and take advantage of our 30-day free trial of Dojo Premium Membership. Join the global community of students today and rediscover the fun of bagpiping. dojouniversity.com forward slash bigrab for a 30-day free trial. McLennan Bagpipes by North Carolina artisan instrument maker Roddy McLennan from Euston, Scotland. Proud supplier of bagpipes, small pipes and chanters to Ali the Piper. One of a kind instruments crafted from the finest materials using traditional skills for more than 30 years. Attention to detail and dedication to the highest standards of quality guarantee you a bagpipe which is more than just a musical instrument but also a work of art. Custom made for you in a variety of wood with the widest range of profiles in the industry. Repair, restoration, replacement, refurbishment services also available. Check out bespokebagpipes.com for more information. McLennan Bagpipes. Born in Scotland, made in the USA. Wallace Bagpipes. Quality, pride and passion. Made in Scotland. Proud bagpipe supplier to the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Visit wallacebagpipes.com for more information or contact your nearest dealer. Ah, yes, time for Topic of the Week. And, uh, yeah, the beginning of the show seems a little bit, um, yeah, a bit bare, I suppose, without all the news and updates and what's the crack and word of the week and all that kind of stuff. But don't worry, that normal service will be resumed after the holidays. As I say, through the magic of radio, this has been a pre-recorded interview that we managed to sit down and have a good yarn with a legend in the piping world. That is Bob Worrell. Now, as I've said before, it is honestly a bit of a happy accident that it seems to be around this time of year... We always manage to bring Bob onto the show. and I don't know, it's always strange how that happens. But, yeah, it just wouldn't be the same without him now at this point. So, yeah, you guessed it. It's time for us to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's welcome Bob Worrell to the pod. So, it wouldn't be Christmas without welcoming back to the show 
Bob Warrell. Bob, how are you, sir? Are you well? well. Uh, the ghost of Christmas past, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am very well. Thank you very much. Yourself? The best, thank you. Yeah, I'm feeling altogether festive, which is brilliant. Uh, so did you have a good Christmas? I suppose at this point now, Christmas is behind us. Yeah. Well, I, I figure it's always a good Christmas as long as I have the proper attire on. There you go. He's rocking the Big Rab Show merch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not many people have those, actually. We, we haven't started selling shirts on that for a long time. Uh, so, but there you go. But I had I've to had it on. I've had it. I've had it on a couple of times, and people are lusting for it. Really? Oh, people mm-hmm. want them. Ah, oh, there mm-hmm. you go. Well, it's an exclusive one. There you go. You can take pride wearing that one. <laughs> uh, so, well, I have to. Well, to be honest, I caught up with you on the grass at the Worlds this year. I just want to ask you what your thoughts are on the standard of play at the Worlds, because the one word I kept using over and over again in my podcast was incredible. It was something else, wasn't it, Bob? So if you keep using the word incredible, is that in the terms of the bingo or the drinking game? But see, that's it. One? They're going to start a big rab drinking game now. That's you it. Know? That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. With you. I thought the standard was incredible. I, I wandered, as you know, on the Friday and um, listened to the entire March Stress Bay and real event. Because uh, I was really quite keen to to have, have a, a good listen, take some notes, because, of course, I'm going to be doing the commentary the following day. Mm-hmm. But um, with the move to the four-part at Tunes for the Friday event, I was really quite keen to see how the bands would approach it. And mm-hmm. uh, it was great to hear some, some – well, there were some standard four-part at Tunes that we used to hear quite a bit. Mm-hmm. In uh, in a grade one contest, but there are others, you know, like this is John McCall and and tunes like that, and other great four part tunes that you you would tend to say, oh, that's more of a solo tune, ooh, a pipe band. But bands at that level can put in the uh, the technique and and handle the, the 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 rhythms that are involved that are quite intricate that are not necessarily in some of the big six part of marches that mm-hmm. bands play, and. So what happened, and I'd love to go back and uh, put a metronome on some of these recordings because to get the music out of some of these tunes, you have to express a little more. And and the more you hold a note, down comes the tempo, of course. And the tempos for those four-part ones seem to be down a little bit. Yeah, I thought so too, especially in the marches. Yeah, the the marches were hell. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. There was just some really sophisticated uh, delivery of the two, four marches going mm. on. And uh, so that, that was a high point for me over the whole weekend is, is hearing how the bands would interpret those and deliver them. I thought it was, it was, it was great. And yeah, and tonally the standard was high. Technically the standard was high. Uh, a couple of significant leader leadership changes in uh, two of the drum chords in particular, yeah. which, which really had positive, positive impact on the, the performances of those bands. And uh, so, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was a great all-round weekend. Just Absolutely. Weekend. Yeah, I think everybody, as we said before, had brought their A game. There was no one band in there just phoning it in. Yeah, the standard was incredible. And I'll keep saying that word. But I wish I had your command of the English language. I'm sure you do find that when you're using like one word over and over again. I have to find another word other than incredible. You know, it's know. very it's very difficult because I'm an adjudicator, so mm. there, there's a limited kind of what do you call it, a lexicon, if you want, yeah. that that we would use as adjudicators because the bands are used to that and they know what those words mean, etc. Yeah. But then you have to comment in these performances, and it's going out publicly, and you go, oh my gosh, I'm saying the same thing over again. <laughs> um, and so you try and find a, a few alternatives just to maybe mess with people's heads a little bit. There you go. Yeah, so that is something you actively have to work on then, Bob, just trying to find those kind of different ways of saying the same thing, basically. <laughs> I, I have a group of friends who are part of the whole whole thing, and they, they send me ideas, say, I oh. dare you to use this word. And I'm thinking, that because you get these words that, that we don't use to talk about a musical performance, mm-hmm. but you could. You could. Right. You know, and... Uh, so there you go. 
Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, well, I dare say everyone will be listening intently now to your next dose of commentary and trying to pick out the words. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, I have to ask you then about Glenfiddich because at the point of us recording this, then you've just landed back from the Glenfiddich and see watching it even at home. My word, it's breathtaking. <laughs> Some of the music on display. I'm sure you found that yourself at the event. It was great. And uh, it was such an honor. Not, well, it's an honor to be at that contest in the hall, just listening. Yeah. And to be asked to be on one of the two benches and to be asked to be on the Pebrock bench this year, which because it breaks ties and mm. it did uh, this it year. Did this year, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. The standard in that event uh, was very, very high. And uh, and it's, it's great that three people on the bench, Jack Taylor and Murray Henderson, myself, and it's kind of fun. You go into the room and go... Oh, what's everyone thinking here? <laughs> and we look at each other and say, well, let's toss in five or six names and see if we have some common denominators. And boom. Yeah. And we did. And do we have a possible common denominator for first? And we did. <laughs> and, and then we worked at it from there. Just, just some discussion and going through all, yeah. all the pluses and not necessarily minuses, but just observations and mm -hmm. did that pacing of a variation or or just a little bit of phrase definition that could have helped uh, the performance just at that level just such minor 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 mm, things yeah that's it but great tunes absolutely great tunes yeah um i was uh, i was in thailand actually when liz maxwell sent the list of tunes for us to do the picking and mm -hmm. suggested i'd have a go at maybe the first three and i think it went to jack taylor for the next three now the players are going to know who potentially picked this. I don't know that because that wasn't the order of play, so they don't know who would have picked it. And right. then Murray picked the final, the final four of the list that she gave us. But we just had numbers. We didn't know the names. I see. Yes. Now you do yeah. know these players. So if you really sat down and spent a long time looking at it, you have a pretty good idea. Yeah, you, see you can maybe figure classes. it out. Yeah. Yeah, but mm -hmm. um, no, it was. Um, it was good, and she apologized. She said, I know you're on holiday and everything else, but maybe when you get back. And I said, No, I just, I just, I went into the washroom at the hotel where we were staying because it was quite early in the morning. And yeah. Shut the door, turned on the lights, and got out my got out my iPhone and sent off my choices. And and by the end of the day, uh, the other two adjudicators had picked, and because you move it on to the next adjudicator and the next, and that way you can right. avoid the duplications and uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, it was terrific. And I had a chance to, I didn't listen to the, any of the MSRs in the hall, but there is a little back room mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. off the hallway where the, the players come and there's a little bar in there that yeah. the players go to when they're finished the MSR. Well, I've been on the MSR bench a couple of times. I've never been able to go in there because MSR <laughs> is the second event. You go, you deliberate. You've got yeah. the result. You come out. They they're now ready for the presentations, and they close that little bar. So this was my first chance to go into that little bar and have a couple of drams and listen nice. through the door. And I heard some stunning MSRs. Really, really good playing. Yeah, I was going to say the Peabrook in the morning was something special, uh, but the MSR in the afternoon. Oh my word! I I just don't know. I have never heard quality quite like it, and that's. I don't know, for a drummer, <laughs> I can really appreciate what these pipers are doing. And it's not easy. Like we've heard from many different stories from pipers over the years. That journey from the tuning room to the stage, it only takes like a minute or two to get there. But everything can change from what you were doing in the tuning room to what you do on stage. And, uh, you know, I'm sure players are ultra nervous, but none of them showed it. You know, absolute professionals. So I don't know. I was a huge fan watching it. And of course, um, whenever the prizes were being given out and everything, uh, is it the Belvenie medal? The Bel yeah, the Belvenie medal. Yeah. My word, the place just lifted. <laughs> well, you know, that, that medal is given out every year. And, hmm. um, not, you know, Roddy is one of the most successful competitive pipers of all time. Yes. But the Belvenie medal is mm -hmm. for overall contribution. To piping and pipe bands, yeah, pipe yeah. in particular, and so 
you know, many of the recipients over the years have not been like top professional competitive mm. pipers. They've contributed in a wide variety of other ways. And, you know, yes, Roddy's definitely done it, no question, on the boards. Yeah. But if you just think what happened, you know, like I, I go by the piping center and I, I just refer to it as, as the house that Roddy built. Um, yeah, well, absolutely. Because he, yeah. he, he set the stage and you look at piping live and, and you take a look at and even Celtic connections and that mm, in the yeah. early stages. It just goes on and on and on. And all his teaching in, at home, but teaching abroad and everything, a massive contribution. Yeah. And um, so for a number of years, I thought, you know, he is such an obvious recipient, good, great recipient for this yeah. award. But, you know, he was always competing and but this year he didn't quite make it uh, in terms of the qualifiers to compete at it. So he was there in the audience. Mm -hmm. So it was the perfect year to do it. And yeah. so perfect because then what happens? He goes down a week later to, to London and competes in the Braddock Corm and he wins it for the ninth time. That's right. He Which is it. a qualifier. Yeah. It's a qualifier. So he will be on the boards competing at the, at the Glenfiddich next year. There you go. I have to say the round of applause he got in the hall, it was so emotional. And even seeing him lifting it and getting photographs taken and everything, I don't know. I had the old, the old lump in the throat. I was going, oh, this is so, you know, that was really special. Uh, so, yeah, what a moment. Uh, so for those folks who managed to catch the live stream and that, you were in for an absolute treat. What an incredible event. So really looking forward to the next one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, right, Bob, I have to ask you some questions now. Uh, you are a retired school teacher, uh, but you've also been a prolific piper and judge now for years. And I'm sure you have taught countless amounts of pipers how to handle these things and how to get a good tune out of them. Uh, we've got a load of uh, questions, I guess, from listeners who have all sorts of uh, interesting ones. But what I want to ask you about is about learning styles. Now, this is something I know very little about. Myself and my tutor have talked about it. Apparently, I have a learning style. But tell me, what is a learning style? Everyone learns in, in different ways. Hmm. Um, no two people learn the same way. Uh, I remember the literature and the research and all that, that was coming out in, oh gosh, I was at my first high school, so teaching so that would be going back into the very early 1980s and there's a lot of literature coming out on that mm -hmm. and the literature at that point in time pointed to two uh, sorry three specific learning styles and since then there's been literature that talks about other you know kind of subcategories if you wish mm -hmm. but uh, I could respond to that by talking about the three main learning styles especially for musicians whether you're a piper or you're a drummer yeah we learn when we learn to read, uh, you get a picture book and there's a cat and there's the word cat. Mm -hmm. So that's very visual. And, um, and it works for so many people. Uh, the research at the time was saying that 80% uh, of the population has visual as their prime learning mode. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean you don't learn the other ways, but it's your prime one. I see. Uh, and then there's auditory yeah, and kinesthetic. So along yeah. came these books that you would open it up. There's the pictures. The word said cat, but then you'd, you'd hit it, and there's a little re recording goes, cat. Oh, right. I get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then you got the pop-up books. Open it up. There's the picture, and the cat actually becomes a three-dimensional thing <laughs> in the middle of the book. Yeah. And the kinesthetic learners love that because the kinesthetic learners are big into the tactile part of learning. Oh, right. So and, touch and feel and yeah. Yeah. And, and my guess is if we ran and you can be tested on this, if we ran a test on you as a drummer, mm -hmm. we'd find probably that your kinesthetic is very, very high. Right. Yeah. And, um, and you know, quite often, Drummers, I know, I know so many high-end professional competing drummers that writing scores and stuff. They go, mm -mm, got to hear it, yeah. got to hear it. 
There you and go. Uh, so that you get the kinesthetic in the auditory. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was quite keen to find find out as a teacher, they say you tend to teach to your own learning style. Right. Well, that's all very fine. If, if you're a practice chatter student of mine and you're very visual, mm -hmm. I'm visual. Right. But I'm not. I'm not like 90% visual in the way I learn. So mm -hmm. I went down to our special education department at the school and I said, test me. So they did. <laughs> they ran the whole battery of tests on me. So I am 60%. I learn best visually 60% of the right. time or however you learn. And 20% is auditory and 20% is kinesthetic. Oh, right. That's a, a bit of a mixed bag then, really, a combination yeah. of all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Um, so just, just to explain that if, if you're a practice chanter student of mine and um, I, I'm trying to explain what you need to do with the phrase, and you might respond by saying, yeah, I see that. Right, I see. Visual. Yes. Or Visual you might learning. say, oh, I hear you. <laughs> Auditory. Auditory, yeah. Now the, the the trouble uh if you got if you have someone who's really really high in the kinesthetic you know like 50 60% kinesthetic mm. they also tend to be quite <clears throat> hyperactive I see yep drummers <laughs> can be like that yep okay uh tap 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 tap, tap. always tapping on something Quiet, yep. we're trying to tune the drones anyway <laughs> um it it can be really frustrating for for Piper's learning. And I'll just give you one example. There was a, a pupil of mine uh, who lives out in Alberta right now and ended up being one of our top amateur Pipers. Mm -hmm. And um, I was giving him a new jig. So it was Donald McLennan's tuning phrase, you know, the one that goes <laughs> as the introductory phrase. Right. And then yes. the intro phrase is the second phrase of the subsequent parts. Mm -hmm. And to get that, where the beats actually, on beats actually fall. Yes. Well, he came back the next week. He said, I can't get this. Pop, I can't get this. Mm. Now, one, one of the approaches to, to get someone to play on the beat, if they're, if they're kinesthetic, and he's a great athlete too. Mm -hmm. So there's the kinesthetic side, the athlete, okay? Yeah, the physical. Yeah. Is to kind of go and go, I could mm -hmm. go visually, and point but, at him, yeah. but he's not mm -hmm. visual. Well, he is, but that's not his prime mode. So he yeah. was struggling. Or I could go, and above the pipes, he can hear that. Right. And that's not working. So I tried poking him in the shoulder. It yeah. kind of worked, but he still couldn't find the beat. And I said, okay, now here's what I'm proposing to do, but it requires me to put my hands on your ankle. He said, I'm okay with that. I said, okay. okay. So I'm down on my hands and knees. And I said, when I go like this, you're going to play a high A. Um, oh, and you have to split up. Again. He goes, I've got it. And away he went. No way. So from you actually physically tapping his foot on the ground, I got had, it then. I had, Yeah. And then when you're wow. – in fact, I had a, a pupil today who um, – he was he was a little bit crushed in some doublings coming down from a short D in mm. a, in a Strasse that he was playing for me. And then I washed his hands, and it's one of the things you know on Zoom you can still you can see and can get mm. right into it. Yeah. And if he was going like three, and then the short D was about like that, mm. uh, and then the B doubling was jammed. And I said, look, you need to give more time to that D. Yeah, and you need was, to lift it more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I said, could I see that a little more? Lift it. Mm. Three, dum, three, dum. Right. So that's a lift. So I'm telling, so that's the tactile. And he, three, dum. So that short mm -hmm. note is a drop. So that's where you start telling pupils, you need to feel the chanter there. So, oh, I was initially taught that you always had to be light with your fingers. I said, not all the time. There is a mm. time where you need to feel to get that note. Because there's the low A before, you know, the, the last part of Blair mm -hmm. Drummond. Three, da, 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 three. 
and tapatam to get that mm. and note before the doubling, well, the loe is already there. Yeah, it needs to be there for a little second before. So you put the focus on the, the finger that's defining the low A, and yeah. it's the E, the E, and da um, So yeah. all sorts of strategies. You know, I could go on forever on that. Is it a lift? Is it a drop of the fingers to, to get them in touch with mm. the kinesthetic side? Now, the kinesthetic, the person who's really high in the kinesthetic, because I am high in the kinesthetic, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. I could have been a drummer. I said, I was going to say, yeah, you could have been. <laughs> but um, what I'm doing is I'm getting them to tap into what is a little weaker in the learning style. Mm. That someone who's higher in that, like I used to do things like that. And I, from a teaching standpoint, I'm going, oh, they're clipping that note, they're clipping that note. And then I go, hold on. Yeah, I never did, but. I've got enough of the kinesthetic bit in me that in terms of learning that I yeah. just instinctively did it. So I have to get them to develop the kinesthetic side a little more. I see. That's interesting. That's so fascinating to me, you know, totally. since, since these questions come into us, like I really knew nothing about it. And then until I was talking to my own tutor about it and he was saying, yeah, Rob, you know, the dots on the page don't mean very much to me. That's a shock because I'm a drummer. Um, but as soon as I would hear it, for some reason, it's like flicking on a light switch. You know, I suddenly get the two-bar phrase we've been playing for the past two weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you see those light bulb moments with people like that? Oh yeah, it's it's that's the one of the real exciting things about teaching. To, to mm. okay, they're having a little problem with that the the rhythm in that phrase. Yeah. And to try and like this this pupil today, who's who's an open professional piper out in Western U.S. Mm. and and he was hearing it. He says, I hear that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I could see it on his mm-hmm. hands. So I gave him the kinesthetic message. Yeah, you need to lift it and, and, and then, feel it. And yeah. then I heard it. And then he just kind of finished it. And he looked at me and went, ding. <laughs> Thumbs no, up. There you go. <laughs> it, it's, really, it's really, really, really exciting. Uh, and when you mentioned about the dots and the page and everything, Sometimes, you know, you'll deal with someone who's got a really strong uh, music theory background. Mm. And whether it's a one-on-one or you're in a group session at one of these workshop weekends, like we have at Winter Storm, that you yeah. always have someone who'll sit in there, sitting there, especially Strath's space, and they'll go, um, yeah. and they're looking at the music and go, uh, but that's not what's written here. <laughs> so I preface it. I always preface it by taking one of the sheets with the Strasbourg on it. Okay, this is the tune we're going to have a look at to explore the, the Strasbourg idiom yeah. today. Now, you see this? It's mathematics. There's not a drop of music on that page. There you go. So I'll go, yeah. so let's get rid of the math. And I throw the piece of paper <laughs> away and let's play music. Oh, but you'll still have that. someone who will say, but go, don't, don't go there. Yeah, and they start, you know, calculating quarter notes and quavers oh. and all of that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I think someone once called it is that you have paralysis through analysis, that you spend forever looking through all of the rests and semi-quavers and calculating out all your beats. But there, as you say, there's no music in that, you know? No. It's all, but the, the, the thing about music, ultimately it has to balance. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if you're, if you're just playing... You know, I mentioned Mrs. John McCall. Now, I'm not hearing any question and answer phrase. I'm just hearing da, 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 da. Yeah. But if I go, hmm, and in bar one, I give a little more than the math dictates. Okay, so I'm just going a little beyond the value. Here comes bar two. So that, for me, is going to be the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. So I don't go, that's boring. But if I go, so bounce to the second on beat in bar two. If I take away from the first on beat in bar two, it has to balance. It has to balance out in the next phrase. So I give it at the end. 
So there's mm-hmm. your phrase. There you go. Yeah. And it works. That's, and that's it. And that's where the music is. And that's, you know, that mystical thing that we're all trying to capture when we're trying to play, you know, to keep that in mind. There's a lot of folks that would listen to the show and are very dots on the page that we've got, you know, questions in the past about, but it's not written like that. Why is it played like that? So, yeah, we've debated that on the show, you know. So, yeah, no doubt we'll continue to debate that. So as much as we're talking about learning styles, I also want to talk about teaching styles. Once you've identified that someone learns in a certain way, do you then change up your style as a teacher then? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember um, one of – actually, it was in teacher's college um, – it was a great piece of advice that if you're telling people uh, or giving people instructions, like homework instructions, mm-hmm. um, I could say, okay, Rab, here's, here's what we need to do tonight. Here's your homework assignment for tonight. Mm-hmm. You're heavy duty on the auditory, right? Yes. And you go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I'm really visualizing. You need to write that down. And you go, <laughs> It's all up here, right? So <laughs> I have to, as a teacher, be really, really patient with that because yeah. when I was in, in the classroom, I was writing on the board, of course, because mm. I'm visual. It's visual. I'm yeah. writing and I'm running back and forth. And my, my blackboard technique was terrible because very much like a pipe band <laughs> score sheet. It goes up, it goes down. Yeah. It's, 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 hor- it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> and, and anyway, um, and of course, the auditory learner, the visual learner, they're following you around the room, whatever. They find this really entertaining. Mm. For the auditory learner, I would drive them nuts. So they'd be sitting like this. <laughs> now, so I still remember this one kid, and he wasn't writing a thing down, you know. Uh, and oh. and finally, I asked a question, and I posed the question, and he wasn't looking at me. And I would say, Jamie. Anyway, put his head up. And mm-hmm. said, boom, and he had the answer. Wow, so, my goodness. He was listening all along, but I'm a, I'm a distraction to him, a visual distraction. I see, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember my first teaching job, the first school, and it was a grade 11 physical geography class. And one student, he's, in fact, he's, he went on to have, he was really, he was very hands-on and, and great in, in shop and everything else. And he went on to be a cabinet maker and everything. And he now owns a kitchen renovation company. And wow. his company, so this is decades later, just renovated our kitchen this past year. Hilarious. Oh, wow. you know? But <laughs> I still remember he put his hand up one day and said, uh, Mr. World, do you think you could explain that without using your hands? And I went, and, and they had a smirk. Well, he had a smirk in his face. Right. Mm. I do flail around a lot. Okay. So I stood up. I stood up and I, I got onto this little stool. And I put my sat in my hands. I said, okay, here we go. Let me try. It was horrible. It was horrible <laughs> to try and explain that without using my hands. Well, it's Absolutely my hand. Yeah. Wow. There you go. But, yeah. It's fascinating to me, this whole thing to do with learning styles and now teaching styles as well. Um, But I'm sure it's something that a lot of folk in the piping scene don't really know much about. You know, it's just, you know, you you learn and a lot of people that go to classes and stuff and then they didn't get much from that class. I didn't learn an awful lot. But maybe it's because of your learning style not being, you know kind of tailored to that class like a lot of online classes could be very right here's the dots on the page follow the music along and you watch the metronome ticking and all the rest it's all visual but you don't actually hear do you know what i mean or people actually feeling the chanter in their hands and playing the tune you know know. and say it say it in a variety of ways so Mm. if i need you to do a b and c for homework i've got it written in the board Mm -hmm. but i need to repeat that that's the auditory yeah. The, the the kinesthetic learner, they struggle in school, mm. in academic classes. They really do struggle. And uh, so one of these things. The cell uh, phone, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
there's a kinesthetic side to it and being able to use on their own calendar their to-do list and everything else mm. it's been a godsend for it's been a godsend for kids in terms of personal organization there you go definitely well this is fascinating i i have no doubt we could unpack this for years to come uh, <laughs> but i'm not going to keep you for much longer but i do have to ask you about your travels i'm incredibly jealous uh, as you mentioned there earlier that you've been to thailand tell me about that trip that's bound to have been some experience bob well we as you probably could suspect, um, there have been a lot of frequent flyer miles accumulated. Yeah. <laughs> and said, let's use them. And there, there are other places that are on the bucket list. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I would love to go to the Grand Canyon. And oh, wow. A friend of mine from yeah. uh, Saskatchewan, she was, recently, um, she was recently in the Galapagos Islands and Machu Picchu. Oh, yes. Went, oh that's also on the bucket list mm -hmm. um but thailand's been on the bucket list for a long time and yeah. well southeast asia and i had I'd never been and we had friends who uh went to thailand as part of their honeymoon and had them over uh for supper and evening just to, and also to pick their brains on on thailand yeah. because at the time we're thinking maybe three countries in southeast asia and mm -hmm. They only did the one. They said, you know, if you enjoy it, then you can go back and do another country. And uh, so yeah. we decided just to do the one, keep it simple, and um, crunch the aeroplan points for that. And then got the internal flights. Their YouTube was wonderful in terms of researching <laughs> where to go and what to do and the highlights in the different areas. Yeah. And it was it was absolutely terrific. And there was only one one faux pas the whole time and it was mm. when we were in chiang mai one of the places we wanted to go to they call it the sticky falls right and it's some kind of mineral precipitate or whatever comes out in the rocks coming down and they're just pristine white and you can actually walk on it but wow. it's actually sticky you don't slide on it or anything like that yeah and the yeah. pictures look absolutely amazing i, said, I want to go to the sticky falls <laughs> physical geography this this looks great yeah. And so we got, they don't have Uber there. They have, it's called Grab. So we had a Grab driver, took us mm -hmm. an hour and a bit to get up there. And uh, it was all over the tourist brochures and everything, the sticky falls. Well, we got there, we hit the entranceway and there was like a closed sign. And I thought, what? Oh, there was no. no notice at any of the tourist bureaus or anything. And as we're driving in, trees are down all over the place. The roofs were off a couple of the oh, buildings. No. A typhoon had gone through a couple of months earlier, and they were redoing things. And that's it was closed. People couldn't get into the falls. Oh. The driver felt horrible. And he says, oh, you've come all this way. And, blah, blah, blah. and he said, look, um, I could do a tiny detour, no extra cost, on the way back. 20-minute mm -hmm. detour, and he said, I could take you to, and he mentioned the name, meant nothing to us. It's mm -hmm. the most beautiful waterfall in all of Thailand. And he had pictures on his phone, but they're tiny with stuff to tell us. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with it. Trust you. <laughs> so we went and paid our little admission. We got there and went in, and beautiful rock structure and falls coming down, and misters coming in, and orchids all over the place, and the roof falls mm. all over the place. But we were no sooner inside and we realized it was all fake. It was fake rock. Wow. It's fake. Really? Yeah, there are pumps all over the place, <laughs> pumping water over these things. <laughs> tourists, the tourists are getting their pictures taken with the waterfalls. Oh, my ours. word. And um, <laughs> I thought, this is classic. It's, but it was actually, it was fun. It, it really was fun. But we, yeah. There you go. One crazy experience. So there are lots of other places on the bucket list, but... Uh, that was one. Check that out. There you off. go. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I dare say for a lot of people who were seeing your photos on social media, we were all incredibly jealous. So, yeah, because I, I hear I didn't post pictures. I didn't post pictures of that waterfall. Maybe I should say. The no, I was going to say you should do now. Yeah. yeah. I think I was here one very miserable Thursday afternoon. I was lashing with rain. And then there was photographs of you that playing about with elephants in the blazing sunshine. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're having so much fun. <laughs> yeah, we, we went there, and um, the, the the variety of species of 
elephants there. They're smaller than the African elephants, but mm. it's a sanctuary. So there's none of this crazy tourist thing riding elephants, which is just a horrendous thing to do. Yeah. It's just, you just, it's wrong, it's wrong, 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 wrong on so many mm. levels. But, um, we got to feed the elephants and you saw that. And then there are these two ponds and the one you give them a mud bath and right. uh, I remember seeing that. Yeah. Uh, and the elephants, they start playing or they get playful with it, and they get their trunk down into the, the bucket with the mud and then they fling it over and, <laughs> oh. and then out you go and you go into the other pond and you buckets of water to wash them off and you scrub them with these brushes. And uh, they were just, they were lovely, absolutely lovely. So it, we, yeah. They served a wonderful lunch, and then when it was done, uh, they said, um, now there's one other activity, mm -hmm. and that was making paper. We're going to be making paper right. and with elephant poo. So oh. Todd looked at me, and we looked at each other. Went, I'm not into making paper out of poo. <laughs> oh, boy. There's, there's a tune title in there somewhere, I think. Yeah, there would be a lot. There would be a lot of tune titles. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the Sticky Falls Caper. And the, we go oh, there's on one. And, yeah, yeah. My, Michael Michael Gray has a great line, you know, because you'd be saying something about uh, like the Sticky Falls Caper, and then Michael mm -hmm. Gray would say, as if you're a player going up to compete, say, "Oh, what are your three jigs today?" And he always says, "Brazen Melnish, <laughs> Mini Hind." And the sticky falls caper. <laughs> sticky falls caper. I love that. There you go. Uh, so I have to say, I have to ask you then for to review uh, 2023 in a few words. Um, now we've sort of rebuilt everything now, post pandemic. Uh, this year was kind of the, the first international world championships, you know, but we've seen a lot of overseas bands. So to bring it away from everything that we were enjoying talking about there with elephants and paper. Uh, to bring it back to piping again. How did you find 2023 in summary? It, I thought it, from an international standpoint, it was great. The world is terrific because yes, the number of bands went whoosh. Yeah. Not, not quite back to pre-pandemic, but close. Getting there. Um, you know, three bands from New Zealand there. Um, the, and, the, and all the other grades too, and mm. the kids from Zimbabwe that I've been down to do some work with, they came up again. Yeah. Um, it's it, and that's a massive undertaking for you know. Well, it's huge. To bring a yeah. band from a third world country. Mm -hmm. um, it, massive. It's, it's a huge, huge undertaking. But um, the standard in all the grades I thought was really high, um, mm. and. And I, I, that great. I was thinking about it today because I figured you'd probably be asking about standard and that, and standard at the worlds. And of course, we we lost a championship, and it's, mm -hmm. it's difficult financially for communities and that to support it. And who knows, yeah. there will be five this coming year or before again. But one of the positive sides to this is, I thought a number of the grade one bands in in the UK mm -hmm. um, are now maybe going to some of the the minor branch contests that's true yeah we've seen that that's been yeah. a recent trend actually yeah mm -hmm. and you know when they didn't have that extra championship maybe that contributed them to going to these branch contests to get the exposure to, mm -hmm. to refine things a little more before the world pipe band championship and uh, which is positive for the band, <clears throat> positive for these branch contests in terms of the mm. number of bands that are going to them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you know, every downside or what concern, if you wish, there's, there's a positive flip side, and that might be one mm -hmm. of the positive flip sides to it. Absolutely. Yeah. I know there's been a lot of debate recently, especially here in Northern Ireland, about the domestic calendar and asking, is there too many competitions? I think at the moment, I think our local branch here in Northern Ireland have probably struck the right balance. There's definitely a reduction from previous years. Um, but, you know, I think that reduction has just made bands all the more hungry. You know, whenever there is an opportunity to play, they all rush out now, you know. Um, so as you say, you take away with one hand, but you certainly give with the other, you know. So, that's, yeah, it's one of those things. But I dare say 2024, I know this is December, and we shouldn't be talking about next season already, but I can't wait to hit the grass next year. 
It's going to be so competitive. I can't wait, yeah, Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure no, you're the same. I, it, it's terrific. Um, there have been a couple of other significant leadership changes in, in the grade one bands, also mm. in the grade two bands, and that um, that puts, you know, breeze fresh air, if you wish, into 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 an organization. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and just makes things exciting for, for that band. And, uh, and other bands are aware, ooh, some significant changes there. They're on the move. Mm-hmm. So they, everyone just bumps it up a notch, bumps it up a notch. Absolutely, and that's what we find. Each season, it seems to happen. And I just don't know how much further they're going to bump up. <laughs> but well, it happens. Yeah. It's it's fun. I I love, quite frankly, I I love sniffing around to find out in terms of medleys or MSRs, what yeah. bands are doing. You know, what are the plans? A new medley and and mm-hmm. um, it, you know, what's the tune that you're using as an opener? How are you going to do something with the arrangement there? Oh, you're putting <laughs> a bit of a P-Brock. Oh, which in how you're arranging that P-Brock in there? So love that. Yeah. I've been doing a little bit of detective work. So um, it, it's kind of fun. I'm glad I'm not alone in that regard. I do a lot of poking around too to try and find out, right, okay, are you playing like a three-part harmony on that one or what's the break like? I love all this stuff, you know? I I said to Stuart Little last (laughs) at the Glenfiddich, you know, when we were checking out of the hotel and uh, so all the best, see you soon, blah, blah, blah. I said, so I said, next year in the medley, one beat, Chandra's cut out, kind of go for two (laughs) or three or four and smile a bit. And he said, I heard you made a comment on that. I said, come on, take a risk, go for it. <laughs> that, that's been a big thing this year. It's been a couple of bands doing that yep, now, yep, actually. Yep. It's good to see those fireworks, though, I believe. Yeah, that, that, yeah. What's your opinion on that? Fife did it. And, and mm. the funny thing is, they both did it the same tune. That's it. It's the exact same tune. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm used to hearing it with the Bagads in Brittany, and mm, they will do it yeah. for an extended passage. Mm-hmm. And then one piper comes in and, you know, they might have bombards carrying it and all you have is drones and then one comes in and then all yeah. the pipers come in and that's, so it's all part of the orchestration that goes on there. Mm. So it's, it's something I'm, a, I'm familiar with and really supportive of. And uh, yeah, uh, I know when it was done initially, there were possibly some adjudicators who were a bit puzzled. Oh, how do we handle this? Because yeah. got, <laughs> it's a joke, you know? That's it, yeah. But uh, technically, that's what people were saying. Is it a choke? But no, it was a musical choice. But the whole abs- band did it. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, it. It. Why not? You know. There you go. Yeah, and we've been it. saying that too. Why not? <laughs> so I, I cannot wait for next season. And Bob, I really can't wait to hear you behind the mic again. And you know, for the next World Championships, uh, will we be well, having you back in the booth again? I uh, well it. It depends on a number a number of factors, I suppose, because yeah. I guess, you know, the the funding has to come to BBC yeah. Scotland for their domestically produced programs, and uh, there's the program side of it, and then then there's the funding for the live streaming side and everything else. So, I see. Yeah. Um, you know, they could come along BBC Scotland and say, yes, yes, we're doing the TV program, and we want you on board to do commentary that. You know, they take snippets and they put it in the TV program. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um and also where you would hear at the well, depending on what how much they put into the of the commentary into the uh performances they post online. Mm. But then there's the live streaming component because I'm working with two different microphones. There's the That's live right. stream microphone yeah. and then the, the non live stream microphone. Mm. So they have to wait till they get the go ahead um, for the funding that comes to them to do the live streaming. I see. So, yeah. But we'll keep our fingers crossed in that regard then. Here's hoping. Anyway, as long so, as Jack, as long as I'm working with Jackie again. There you go. It, it's such an iconic partnership at this point. Yeah. It's not the world's without Jackie and Bob. Do you know well, I, mean? I think, I think it's, I think that was 18 years because we did the TV program bit for four and then the live streaming started mm, yeah that's right i remember that now, yeah so i think it might be 18 total um wow. i know i did i did give her an 18th anniversary mug i can't say oh, brilliant. here what it said but if you go back <laughs> to any 
posting the pictures online. She is holding it, and you can see exactly what that mug said. But cool. Um, everyone's going to go and check that now. Everyone's going to have a look for well, it because your 18th anniversary. <laughs> you know what? You know, I think the first one is paper or something. Yeah, yeah. There's like silver is your 25th and all that. Yeah, kind of. 18 is porcelain. That's oh, why it had to be a mug. I see. I love that. There you go. Nice. Well, Bob, as I say, it isn't Christmas without having you on the show. And thank you so much for joining us this week. And uh, yeah, we're hoping you had a very happy holidays. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank and, you. And even at that, we, we wish you a very happy new year heading into and next year. Oh, I can't wait to hit the grass again. And I'm sure, no doubt, we'll bump into you again in sunny Glasgow. Absolutely. Maybe Celtic Connections. Even at that, yeah, for Celtic. Yeah, that's just I've got my the flight ticket. I've, I have booked my flight ticket, so I'll be going over just for the last five days of it. So there'll be the oh. pipe band concert and then the Young Musician of the Year, which is on the Sunday. On the Sunday, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's such an amazing festival. I can't wait for that either, yeah. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up at this point, but Bob, thanks again for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining Absolute us. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, bye. There you are. And now it is officially the holidays. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bob, for sitting down and having the crack with me. Yeah, it was great to catch up and obviously to hear all your thoughts on all, some really interesting topics there about, you know, I don't know, different methods of learning as well as methods of teaching and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure Bob and I could have talked for at least another couple of hours after <laughs> after we hit the stop button on the recording there. But honestly such a pleasure to have bob on the show and uh yeah here's hoping we'll get bob again back on the show again for another bit of a chat i guess there's so much else i could talk to bob about you know uh so i guess we'll unpack that in future episodes indeed there you are so folks that's it that's another bit of a christmas gift from us here on the big rab show team i'm sure you're probably already sick of hearing about christmas and the holidays uh so i will not talk about it anymore but instead we'll look forward to the new year now speaking of the new year next week's big rab show podcast is uh it's gonna be a doozy all right uh, that's all I'm going to say, but uh, shout out to our Patreon faithful who have already got early access to this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you would like to help support us, then do consider going over there to Patreon, clicking on support, and you would get your mitts on loads of extras, including next week's episode, which is already up there, and our Patreon faithful have had it now for a few weeks, so they know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, <clears throat> um, it's a doozy. That's all I'm going to say. Not going to say any more, but it's a cracker. All right. Well, as right now, as I'm speaking right now, I'm celebrating my wife's birthday with my family at home and then enjoying a bit of a well-deserved break at this point. So, uh, yes, this week's episode has been fully pre-recorded. All right. The magic of radio, I guess. But if you do want to contact us, you still can. You can reach us on our uh socials you know or facebook or twitter or as it's called x now i suppose uh or of course the best way to get a hold of us is on our email address which is bigrabshow at gmail.com that address again bigrabshow at gmail.com yeah please do get in contact with us if you've enjoyed any of the shows that we've produced over the past year or yeah any questions about what we have to come in the future then do get in contact with us we'd love to hear from you also don't forget about our favorite feature weekly drone yeah, go to our website, thebigrabshow.com. There's a big button right at the top of the page that says Weekly Drone. If you have any thoughts, comments, queries, questions at all, then that's where you go to do it because it's completely anonymous. There's no identifying factors. And uh, yeah, sometimes people prefer sending in their comments through Weekly Drone. So go on ahead, let us have it, and we'll forward them on to JD. And uh, aye, he'll read them out for us here on the pod, indeed. All right. So, everyone... Just wanted to let you know, this week's episode has been incredible. I'm sure you will agree. Thank you so much to Bob Worrell for joining us this week. And next week's pod, I'm going to say it again, it's absolutely a whopper. You're going to want to catch next week's pod. Don't miss it. 3rd of January, episode 364. It's a good one. I'm not going to spoil it. Shout out to our Patreon folks. They know what it is, but... Keep the secret to yourself, folks. But next week's pod is a big one. All right? So we're going to bring in the new year in style next week. So if you're out celebrating the New Year's, of course, at this point, then, yeah, 
Have a good one. If you're out piping anywhere, I'm sure there's bound to be tons of New Year's events all across the world. Uh, if you're piping in the New Year, then please do send us in your Big Rab Show selfies. We always love to see them, of course, and uh, any that we receive, of course, we will share out across all of our socials so everyone sees uh, where you're out and about and playing tunes. Indeed, whether that be at a huge big venue, uh, you know, at a big massive New Year's party, or even if it's in home, at home, in the front room, you know, I think that's what I'll be doing this year. Maybe playing a wee of tunes in the living room. Uh, so there you go. Send us in your Rab Show selfies uh, wherever you're at this New Year's and I will share them out there. So to all of you, we wish you all a very happy New Year. Yeah, long may your lung reek indeed. And uh, I will hopefully see you on the other side for next week's pod, which will be an absolute cracker. All right, that's me. I'm repeating myself now. I'm away out the door. Thank you, everyone. And I want to wish you happy New Year. And we'll see you next week. All the best. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thank you to our sponsor, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, they are the champion's choice. Check out g1reads.com for all of your piping needs. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com to be kept up to date with all of the latest news and views from around the piping world. And also, check us out on Patreon for five bucks a month. You can get your hands on tons of extra pipe and goodness and be a part of the Patreon faithful. So, until next week, folks, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best. Uh